On tonight's edition of Locked On Broncos, we break down the Denver Broncos' tough loss last night, 29-19 on the road, Monday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs. We had our pregame, halftime, and postgame analysis, reaction, report over at the Locked On Broncos Twitter handle, at Locked On Broncos. I appreciate the feedback, the amount of discussions that we had, and, and I think the feeling, the feeling all around between Denver Broncos fans and, and, and the result of the game is that I think we're all frustrated. I think Denver Broncos fans, Broncos country right now is very frustrated at what's going on and it's not due in part to just you know the way that we're losing games it's just the execution standpoint the quarterback play the offensive line play there's a lot of different factors that that you know play a play an important role in why I think we're all frustrated so we're going to analyze that here on tonight's edition of Lockdown Broncos we're going to break down the game some key statistics and obviously you're going to analyze it and talk about the big thing that's being talked about obviously the Denver Broncos didn't make any moves today in the NFL trade deadline that's a big thing um kind of surprised I'm actually very kind of surprised that the Denver Broncos didn't make any moves. I, I could imagine maybe pushing for one of the tackles, Cordy Glenn, over uh, the Buffalo Bills. But, you know, I think if the Denver Broncos were going to make a move, they, they were probably going to try to, you know, get Dwayne Brown. But he got traded to Seattle in exchange for Jeremy Lane. So, obviously, not a lot of exciting things regarding the trade deadline for the Denver Broncos. Uh, obviously, Vance Joseph had his press conference today to talk about, obviously, 24 hours after the fact, the outcome of the 2019 uh, defeat on the road and obviously the questions continue in the Denver media if you go on Twitter you check out Broncos country Twitter right now the main discussion is regarding the quarterback position and, and who should be a quarterback um, who's going to be the quarterback against the Philadelphia Eagles great news as well you know we're going to be doing the locked on Broncos locked on Eagles crossover show here live on the locked on pod podcast network over there tomorrow that's going to be tomorrow's episode of locked on Broncos getting talk with all those guys over there locked on Eagles who right now the Eagles are playing absolutely phenomenal They've got a 7-1 record, an NFL best record at 7-1, and they just got even better because obviously LeGarrette Blunt is their tailback, but they just traded and got Jay Ajayi out of Miami. That's a huge move for the Philadelphia Eagles and their prolific offense that, that they're pretty much encountering right now. The defense playing well, but the offense right now is the story that we want to talk about for the Philadelphia Eagles. So you can catch the whole recap, game preview, uh, discussion with Locked On Eagles, Locked On Broncos tomorrow here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So Without further ado, before we get into a di- you know deep dive into the Lockdown Broncos review of the Kansas City Chiefs game, I want to tell you guys real quick, please be sure to go to iTunes, Lockdown Broncos, leave a review and leave your Twitter handle, Pro Football Focus, and the po- uh, and the Lockdown Podcast Network will go through and randomly select one lucky winner to win a free Pro Football Focus ad subscription powered by the Lockdown Podcast Network and Pro Football Focus. So, this is your host, Cody Rourke. Lockdown Broncos starts right now. You are Locked On Broncos, your daily podcast on the Denver Broncos, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Locked On Broncos. This is your host, Cody Rourke, and obviously, let's break down the Denver Broncos, you know, big, big time, tragic loss, okay? The Denver Broncos dropped their third game in the row after their bye week, since going into the bye week. They're 0-3 coming off the bye week. Previously, they were 3-1 and heading into the bye week. Now, the Denver Broncos sit at a 3-4 and overall record, uh, under 500. and obviously, the uh, San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers and the Oakland Raiders are right below them as well, and Kansas City sitting at a 5-2 and record 
record right now, sitting happily atop the AFC West. And this was a tough game. This was a tough game for the Denver Broncos to drop on the road. And and the reason I say that is because turnovers absolutely affect the outcome of a game. Now, when we go back and we look at the score for the Denver Broncos, like I said, 29-19. And I go through and I look at the box score and I go back and I watch the film. I had the chance to watch the film again this morning. The Denver Broncos defense is playing phenomenal football. Now, I think out of anything, you know, if you go back on Broncos Country Twitter last night, you go on my feed, everybody else's feed, you were going to see a lot of negativity. And people are going to say, oh, don't be negative. Well, you know what? We're being realist. This offense for the Denver Broncos right now is struggling, and it is very hard to watch. It's very hard for the eyes to sit there and watch this offense continue to go out for the third consecutive week and lay an egg and not be able to get things going. Now, the Denver Broncos offense did do some very positive things midway through the third quarter, entering the fourth quarter. But the same stream, the same theme of the game struck again, and that's turnovers, case. Okay? So when I look at the, the statistics overall, this is the thing about the Denver Broncos this year. Statistically, on the offensive side of the ball, they have played a lot better than the opposing team's offense. However, this is the difference maker. Turnovers. The Denver Broncos overall had five turnovers lost. Now, one of those turnovers uh, happened to be on the second series of the Denver Broncos. You had Jamal Charles go back in, and Jamal Charles' first run on a draw play was beautifully designed. He goes up, and he, re- he rakes off an 18-yard run, and then the next carry he gets, he runs over his shoulder into a defender, and then his feet stops, and then the defenders swarm him, and then Marcus Peters rips out the ball from Jamal Charles, picks it up, runs it all the way back for a touchdown. Denver Broncos find themselves down 0-7 on the road against the Kansas City Chiefs, a very tough team, and obviously a team who's prolific, has a prolific offense. So, they go back out again on the offensive side of the ball after the turnover, have to punt the ball away to Tyreek Hill. He almost returns it, but there's a penalty flag. It gets brought back. That was a big break for the Denver Broncos. This game could have been uglier earlier. Now, the Denver Broncos on defense played pretty well in stopping the run, stopping Kareem Hunt, which I said is going to be a very big key for the Denver Broncos if they want to have success, is, is obviously stopping Kareem Hunt and his ability to run the ball. He's a small and, and kind of big, bulky, physical runner, and, and I said the formula for the Kansas City Chiefs all along, and they tried doing it last night, and it simply didn't work, and this is one thing I want to hang my hat on for you know a positive thing for the Denver Broncos to look at. Overall, you look at how the Denver Broncos defense played last night, okay? The third quarter, after the Denver Broncos found themselves down at halftime, the Denver Broncos defense in the third quarter alone held Kansas City to 12 total yards of offense. That's absolutely phenomenal. Now, they plugged the run, and they played the pass a lot better in the second half. Now, the Denver Broncos defense, the one play that I look at that I can you know chalk up to terrible execution was obviously on the 35-40 yard line, having Darian Stewart in one-on-one coverage with Travis Kelsey, who puts on a double move, burns Darian Stewart for a touchdown. Kansas City goes up 14-0. At that point, things were kind of rough. Things are very, very rough at that point. So that was definitely a difficult thing to see. Um, Kansas City has a great field goal kicker. He kicked five or what was it? Five. So he, you know, it was 14-0, three-six. Yeah, oh man, he kicked four, four or five field goals this game and Butker, and he's a butt kicker because that's what he did. He kicked, he kicked the Denver Broncos butt um, in terms of making field goals. Now Denver gave him maybe two field goals that were you know up close and the 25-yard range and into the 30s and then mostly 40s and then they backed him up to the 50s and he still made it. So there's not a lot you can do in regards to that, especially when you have a kicker that can make those kind of plays. But let's take a look at the stats real quick. For the Denver Broncos on the offensive side of the ball, had 187 total yards passing, combining with everything. They ran for 177 yards. The Denver Broncos rushed for 177 yards while holding the Kansas City Chiefs to a total of 79 yards rushing and only 197 total yards passing. Alex Smith struggled. The time of possession wasn't heavily in favor for the Denver Broncos with 
31 minutes and 23 seconds compared to Kansas City's 28 minutes and 37 seconds. Like I said, midway through the opening of the show, difference maker in this 29 to 19 game. Ideally, this game could have been 34 to zero at halftime. It could have been that ugly. Okay, instead it ended up being you know we had six points. Brandon McManus made all of his field goals. Now on the road, Brandon McManus is money, so maybe he's got some confidence. I don't know. Maybe Brandon McManus is working it in. But the problem is, you know what? You get the points. That's great. But the Denver Broncos struggle to get touchdowns, and in the red zone they struggle. Now Devontae Booker late in the game scored on a six-yard touchdown run. That was huge. Earlier before that, Benny Fowler dropped a, a wide-open touchdown in the end zone. We seen that last year in Tennessee. We seen that against the Kansas City Chiefs last year in Denver. Benny Fowler had a crucial drop, and Benny Fowler had a very off night. He dropped several passes, and the Denver Broncos kind of missed Emmanuel Sanders' big play ability. Now, I don't know how much of a difference it would have made. Now, here's my biggest gripe, and if you've seen it on Twitter, you see that it was very, very popular. It got a lot of mentions, retweets, favorites, and it was it was my tweet that I said. Overall, like I said, the other term, the fifth, you know, Trevor Simeon threw three interceptions. Okay, Jamal Charles had one fumble. Isaiah McKenzie muffed a punt and didn't even fight for the ball. So there's the five turnovers that the Denver Broncos lost. Here is my gripe. Okay, here's here's my gripe. Jamal Charles rips off an 18-yard run and an eight-yard run. And then on the eight-yard run, he fumbles the ball. Okay, and then they ended up scoring. You know what? He beat himself up for it pretty badly. It was his return to Kansas City, but he ran hard. Tell me why. Okay, he got some more he got some carries late, late, late in the game when it didn't really matter. But overall, my frustration is this. Trevor Simeon, okay, throws three interceptions in a game, turns the ball over, and, and these aren't just like, you know, these aren't interceptions where, you know what, a receiver fell, fell down on his route, a receiver, you know, tipped the, tipped the ball, and then it ended up going into the hands of the defensive back. No, these were terrible interceptions. These were balls that were thrown right to the defenders. All three of them were very bad interceptions. And not to mention, you know, Justin Houston beat up a little bit on Mental League Watson, but Trevor Simeon also ran himself into some sacks as well. He started getting into this habit of, of, of shoveling passes forward to the tailbacks just to get stuff going. Um, you know, and on one of the interceptions, he could have ran for the ball now. I tell you what, I absolutely loved listening to John Gruden last night on the broadcast because he gave you the real coach's perspective. Now, John Gruden's a great coach. I miss seeing him in coaching, but I love hearing his analysis on Monday Night Football. Uh, he, he pretty much said it, you know, and it inspired me to write my tweet. Isaiah McKenzie fumbles the ball, must the punt, doesn't even try to fight to get the ball back in the pile. Trevor Simeon throws three interceptions, and you stick with those guys too. And you put Isaiah McKenzie on offense ahead of Benny Fowler, ahead of Jordan Taylor, in a four-down situation late in the game, midway through the, the fourth quarter, and you throw the ball to Isaiah McKenzie on fourth and four, where the inside linebacker was just keying it and was just reading it in his own coverage. He read it from the very beginning, and even John Gruden says, easy to stop a play on fourth and four when you're, you as a linebacker, you see the quarterback staring down who he's going to throw to. And he threw it to Isaiah McKenzie on a fourth and four, and it didn't work out. It wasn't. I wasn't too happy with that. So my frustration penned up, ended up turning into a tweet where I said, you know what? My frustration is I don't get it how Trevor Simeon can throw three interceptions, Isaiah McKenzie can turn the ball over, but Jamal Charles turns the ball over one time and only gets one carry since. And that was midway through the third quarter, entering the fourth quarter. Now they gave him a couple carries in the fourth, but it was kind of meaningless. The game was kind of over. The game was kind of lost at that point. The Denver Broncos defense did everything in their power to keep this offense, to keep this team in the game. And visibly, the defense is frustrated. The defense last night, you could just tell by watching the game film. And if you don't believe me, go back and watch the game. I know it's rough on the eyes to watch a beatdown like that from the offensive standpoint. But this Denver Broncos defense deserves so much respect. And I think they get it from the national media. But right now, the Denver Broncos defense, overall, they are pissed off. They play angry. They play relentless by flying to the football. And you could just tell last night, they were taking out their frustration, their anger on the Kansas City Chiefs. And 
and they stopped Alex Smith and the Chiefs from being successful. Now, this is a great statistic for the Denver Broncos defense. The Kansas City Chiefs only converted 16% of their third downs last night. That is phenomenal. And there were multiple times where they found themselves in a third and four, third and five, and the Denver Broncos defense stopped them. Now, the Denver Broncos defense continues to struggle in bits and spurs with covering tight ends. Now, Travis Kelsey had himself a day. Uh, The Denver Broncos really limited Tyreek Hill's ability as a wide receiver with Chris Harris Jr. a keep to leave, but Travis Kelsey was the difference maker for the Kansas City Chiefs on offense, and they stopped Kareem Hunt. They they rallied to Kareem Hunt every single time. Whenever Kareem Hunt touched the ball, he got hurt. Now, Shane Ray made his return for the Denver Broncos last night, and I was very excited to see Shane Ray back in action, but you could definitely tell that he hasn't played football in a while. He hasn't had the physical contact. He hasn't had the element of a, a full week of game preparation in terms of physicality, and, and you could definitely tell. There were times where he would go to make a tackle, and he only tries to tackle with one arm, his right arm, and he kind of avoids using his left hand that he you know, had surgery on, reconstructive surgery on after he blew his hand out. He hesitated in using that a little bit, so I think he just needs a little bit more time, uh, obviously in practice, getting reps, um, and, and I think Shaquille Barrett did phenomenal uh, coming into the game, and, and obviously I think Shaquille Barrett deserves to start for the rest of the season. Okay, Shane Ray can rotate. Now, Shane Ray's presence on the pass rush was absolutely huge, but Shaquille Barrett uh, produced in the run game and the pass game in terms of stopping you know, the Kansas City Chiefs offense and obviously Alex Smith, who definitely hurt the Denver Broncos underneath by tucking it and running it. Now, the Denver Broncos have played some agile quarterbacks this year in Tyrod Taylor, Dak Prescott, but Alex Smith had the most success against the Denver Broncos in terms of rushing the ball with the quarterback on the scramble. They just couldn't have him underneath. Now, Zaire Anderson stepped in and, and started over you know Todd Davison, who's nursing a high ankle sprain, so he was out for the game. Zaire Anderson starts. Corey Nelson's on injured reserve. The Denver Broncos are you know currently on paper. If Brandon Marshall or Zaire Anderson got hurt, they're hurting at inside linebacker. Now, like I said, the Denver Broncos didn't make any moves during the trade deadline, and you know what? I'm kind of surprised at that, but at the same time, I, th- I think they're willing to, to go through the process. And Menelik Watson has a year on his contract to prove himself. They can go in, either draft a guy in the draft or pick a guy up in free agency, but I wholeheartedly expect that the Denver Broncos this offseason, because they didn't do it in the trade deadline, that this offseason will pursue a quarterback option by the name of Kirk Cousins or Drew Brees or maybe even Phillip Rivers. Or you may look at a guy, maybe maybe Josh Rosen out of UCLA. Maybe you want to try to move up and draft him. Right now, the Denver Broncos started the season 3-1. and one. Now they're 3-4. and four. They've dropped three consecutive games, and it's been very, very difficult in Broncos country and on Twitter. There is a lot of uh, hostility. There's a lot of animosity. Now, Vance Joseph came out in his press conference and pretty much declared he wouldn't declare on, on what they're going to do with the quarterback spot. He was meeting with John Elway today to discuss what options that they have, what they can do in, in regards to the quarterback spot. And, and obviously, Vance Joseph said, you know, John's input is very, you know, weighs heavily on the decision. And then John Elway comes out and says, at the end of the day, it's Vance Joseph's decision. Uh, and I support him, but I will give my feedback. At this point, even national media guys, John Gruden, okay, Trey Wingo, these guys, these big personalities on ESPN are even saying that this is not good football. Trevor Simeon is not playing good football. He may be a great human being, but he's not playing smart football. And you can absolutely tell. So let's take a look at Trevor Simeon uh, and his game stretches this year, okay? He opened up the season against the Los Angeles Chargers through two touchdowns compared to one pick. Dallas, he lit it up, throwing four touchdowns compared to one interception. On the road at Buffalo, Trevor Simeon throws zero touchdowns and two picks, throws one touchdown against the Raiders with zero picks. And then the New York Giants, he throws one touchdown compared to two interceptions, and then obviously an interception on the road against the Chargers, and then three interceptions last night. Trevor Simeon's statistics on the year is nine touchdown passes compared to 10 interceptions and a rating of 76.8 overall in the NFL. That's not very good. 
and the Denver Broncos offense is a direct reflection of the quarterback play and obviously the tackle play a little bit. Garrett Bowles is playing his butt off. Uh, Max Garcia and Alan Barber, they're starting to play a lot better at the guard position. Matt Paradise is playing well. Ron Leary is playing well. Now, Ron Leary hurt his tricep a little bit. Uh, there was some cause for concern after the game last night, but the Denver Broncos, Vance Joseph came out and said he'll be fine. MRI was good. He's just got a strain. He'll be good to go for Sunday's matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's a huge, huge key for the Denver Broncos. Now, I don't know what the Denver Broncos do. I think they need to make some changes, obviously, at quarterback. It's been pretty silent. There was no trade for a quarterback by the Denver Broncos for the trade deadline. That's understandable. But you look at all these other athletes. You have Brock Osweiler on your roster. You have Chad Kelly. I don't think he's going to be fully healthy uh, for the year. You know, I don't don't even know the situation with Chad Kelly, to be honest with you, because he's just not in the picture right now. Paxton Lynch has returned to practice. He's getting things. So Adam Schefter reported today on ESPN on Twitter that the belief is that they will go with Paxton Lynch. Paxton Lynch has a healthy week of practice. He looks good, especially coming off a shoulder injury that he suffered against the Green Bay Packers in the preseason. That is an indicator for when they're going to make a move regarding the quarterback spot. But right now, the uh, the rumor is the rumor is Brock Osweiler may start. Now, the Denver Broncos haven't openly come out yet and announced whether or not Trevor Simeon will be the starter or they're going to make a change of quarterback this week. So I'm eager to see that. You're ideally going to get Emmanuel Sanders back for this game, which is going to be very huge for the Denver Broncos. I look forward to that. But right now, you just got to ask, you know, you got to ask the question, what can the Denver Broncos do? The defense is frustrated. There's some tension in the locker room, evidently. You can even hear it in Chris Harris Jr.'s voice in his press conference. There is frustration and tension because, you know, Chris Harris Jr. put it this way. We are losing games the same way every week, and it's got to stop. The defense is on the field quite a bit for the Denver Broncos. And when you're on the field quite a bit for the Denver Broncos on defense, that's not good. That's not good. You can't be on the field for more than 65 to 70 snaps. That's not a good recipe for success. So overall, when I look at the Denver Broncos approach defensively, I think they're fine. I thought Joe Woods called a heck of a game as a defensive coordinator. Special teams, once again, continues to be a struggle area for the Denver Broncos all around. The return unit, they're starting to kick it up short. Cody Latimer bobbled uh, a kick return twice, and he got tackled at the 28-yard line. So teams are starting to kick it short because they want to try to you know make the Denver Broncos returners return. Isaiah McKenzie, you got to bench him and put somebody else in as a punt returner. Jordan Taylor or Hunter, you know, um, Hunter Sharp from the practice. You brought him up last week from the practice squad. You got to make a change at punt returner because he does not take care of the ball. He's had four fumbles and he holds the ball with one hand out wide. That's not a good look. So obviously be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Cody Work NFL at Lockdown Broncos. Now I'm very disappointed. You know, it's it sucks. I am not, you know, I think Stephen Chris over there predominantly orange had a great tweet. He said, I love Broncos fans because we all demand excellence because we are we are a team that we're used to the highest standard. I think John Elway's the same way. John Elway has the kicking and screaming mantra that he wants for this team to carry on Pat Bowen's vision for the Denver Broncos. And I don't think he's going to let that slip away. So I trust in John Elway. I believe if this season doesn't work out the way that, you know, we plan, I think John Elway's got a great contingency plan in place in regards, you know, heavy and aggressive pursuance and free agents of, of quarterbacks, of tackles, defensive players, whatever it may be. And obviously the draft, you know, I don't think they want to tank. You don't tank for any reason or sort in the NFL. So that's an element we want to look at when talking about the Denver Broncos going forward, especially after this hard, you know, defeat. You got to go on the road, you know, short turnaround week on the road, early game against the Philadelphia Eagles and Carson Wentz. And they're playing at a, a very good level in the NFL at a seven and one. Jay Ajayi, LeGarrette Blunt at tailback, Carson Wentz at quarterback. They got some weapons. They have some weapons on the offensive side of the ball and they're pretty solid on the defensive front as well, especially with their linebacker play. That's going to be a very big key for the Denver Broncos, especially a defense with the Philadelphia Eagles that is good at stopping the run, just like the Denver Broncos. So, you know, maybe they're going to challenge the Denver Broncos to throw the ball a lot. I sure hope not, because 
that's not a recipe for success. So the Denver Broncos have to have a great week of practice. Obviously, you can catch the Locked On Eagles, Locked On Broncos crossover show tomorrow here on the Locked On Podcast Network as well here at Locked On Broncos. We're going to get that for you as well. Look forward to covering the show over there with Locked On Eagles and discussing with them what we can expect with the Denver Broncos and the Philadelphia Eagles this Sunday. There's a guy across, you know, across the, the pond that lives away from me. He's an Eagles fan. He's always on Facebook telling me to bet. He always wants me to put money down on anything that has to do with the Broncos or his Eagles, and this is a week where I might have to take him up on that offer. But if not, I'm going to use mybookie.ag as well. So this is your host, Cody Rourke. Follow the show on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. Be sure, like I said, leave a review on iTunes. And in the meantime, if you love the Denver Broncos, you're a Denver sports fan, and you want to hear some more Denver sports analysis on the Locked On Podcast Network, follow my man Adam Mares over there at Locked On Nuggets. NBA basketball season is back, and it's better than ever. What better you know way to get into the mile-high basketball spirit than listening to Locked On Nuggets every single day, as well as Locked On Broncos, getting your Colorado sports radio fix here on the Locked On Podcast Network in and of itself. Like I said, we got some exciting stuff. So this is your host, Cody Rourke. Tune in tomorrow. Locked On Broncos, Locked On Eagles, saying good night and go Broncos.